I, I think we're all sick and tired. Um, you can feel it. You can feel it in families. You can feel it in the street, in your communities, about the way we're behaving with each other, and particularly, sadly, uh, around politics and, and unfortunately, religion uh, bottled up in that these days. There's no doubt about it. We can't hide from that, folks. The, to do that would be to do ourselves a disservice. Welcome to Grayson 30 on WERALP, Arlington 96.7 FM. Everybody, Happy New Year. This is the first show for us in 2020. And we're about 10 months away from the 2020 election and things are getting tense. It seems that many people believe that the political climate in America is about as bad as it's ever been. Now, I'll share some statistics with you. A February 2017 poll showed that one in six Americans had stopped talking to a family member or friend because of the 2016 election. Uh, At the end of that year, another poll indicated that 71% of Americans believed that American political division had reached a quote-unquote dangerous low point. And the year before that, work by a political scientist indicated that political polarization was at its worst level since the Civil War. And I, I can't imagine where it is today. Despite these statistics, 93% of Americans say they're tired of how divided we've become, and 71% of Americans make that statement strongly. So the question is, how can so many people be so tired of this, and yet things seem to be continually getting worse? And from my experience, frankly, we don't need surveys or anything else to see how mutually contemptuous and judgmental our culture has become. We just see it all around us all the time. This is Ed Mellick. I'm joined by Sal Dietrich, my co-host. Sal, how are you? Well, Ed, yeah, Happy New Year. And indeed, uh, is it uh, a new year to turn over a new leaf? Uh, For so many of us, I I think we're all sick and tired. Um, You can feel it. You can feel it in families. You can feel it in the street, in your communities, about the way we're behaving with each other. And particularly, sadly, uh, around politics and, and unfortunately, religion. Uh, bottled up in that these days. There's no doubt about it. We can't hide from that, folks. The, to do that would be to do ourselves a disservice. And, and I'll tell you, I, uh, you know, being off for two weeks and spending time with a bunch of teenagers who uh, lock themselves in their rooms these days, it's it's social media that's feeding that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a pacifier for us from dealing with the real world these days. And that's what I call the phones these days. It's sort of the the pacifier. And uh, we're all locked into it, and we're not looking each other in the face. And we've got to really break from this in so many ways. So I'm excited to kick off this year. I think uh, a lot of people are going to love what we've got to say on this show this year. Uh, we're going to get folks stoked up about this. We're going to try and make a difference. And, um, man, it's it feels good to at least be getting this off our chest and getting this on the air tonight. Yeah, so we're doing something different than we normally do. We, we typically have a guest. And it's funny, Sal, when you and I started the program, we we would talk to each other in front of people, and they'd be like, man, I really want to listen to your program. But as we got going with the program, we were really trying to make it about the guests all the time. We didn't want to kind of overwhelm. And I just thought this would be a great topic for you and I to kick off the year, and just you and I do the, the Sal and Ed dynamic together. So it's just you and I talking about this. It's really the hottest issue of 2020. Uh, of course, it may take a back seat to what's going on in Iran. That's a major issue, too. But we're really inviting listeners to join the conversation and our efforts over the next year to improve the situation. So we're going to be sharing some Twitter handles and some other information and just invite people. Tell us your stories. If you've got stories of, of, of political reconciliation, in a sense, or something like that, please join us. So, 
Sal, I, I, we haven't had a chance hardly to talk. Tell us about the holidays. Have you? Is there someone you were avoiding at Christmas dinner? <laughs> well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say avoiding, but I, I will tell you. I, you know, before the holidays, you and I met, and we were, we you threw out this provocative uh, scenario, which is, you know, if we. Um, asked 100 people or even 10 people, have you avoided a family member in the past uh, two years because of politics? The answer would be yes. And so I, I threw that out in an event. And uh, looking across the table, I could see in the face that was absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And so let's face it, it's in all of our families. And it's taking a toll on relationships. I mean, we're entering another decade we're a lot older I, I we were laughing i said i remember you know the turn of uh, the century and going back to the millennia in 2000 and that wasn't 10 years ago that was 20 years ago mm-hmm. and uh you know it's time for us to start really starting this new decade to, to say enough is enough and break down these barriers but i'd ask i'd challenge anyone to say is there a family member that they have not spoken to in the past year avoided because of politics and the answer is going to be absolutely yes yep definitely it's uh it, it's funny i i um i'd like to invite people let's give you the, the twitter handle is at grace in 30 if someone would like to tweet during the uh the, the discussion here tonight and you're certainly welcome to reach out to us either there after the program or at the website which is simply gracein30.com so again please if you have any stories to share or anything else please let us know yeah, and I'd say let's make this viral. You know, I, a lot of what you see on social media politics is is it's ugly, it's uh, viral, it's it's sh- no thought at all. Hey, let's do that with uh, with thoughts of of Goodness. kindness and support for each other. Yep. Hey, you know, just good on you. Hey, woke up this morning. My, you know, neighbor neighbor said hello. I, I want to hear all that. We need to flood this thing called social media in the airwaves with positive message. We need to get people back on track in this country and i don't know how else to do it unless we all do it yeah this is the reason we started the program we we were sort of you know i had learned this amazing lesson about what i call the realness the superpower the practicality the beauty of god's grace and we wanted to also bring other people in who had these sort of stories and talk about how to behave not all the time how not to behave we got a lot of examples of poor bad behavior from the very top of our government all the way down everybody's misbehaving and i know our goal has always been well let's show people how to in fact to behave so let's cut into you know discussing we, we heard the statistics they're bad and, and i'm sure they're actually far worse if we did some of these surveys this year especially heading into the election so what exactly is the problem and how do we remedy it? And, and so, you know, you know me, I'm reading some books and doing some research. And uh, but Sal, I just, you know, I wanted to open up to you first. If you've been mulling this over, I'm sure, you know, how would you define the problem and, and what is, in your opinion, the solution? I, I think fundamentally we have devalued uh, in many ways simple acts of kindness and goodness in this country. And we've done this on a number of levels. We've done this with wealth, uh, where we've put wealth and other things above simple acts of kindness. And we've done this now with politics, where it's more important to back a candidate or a certain position than to really focus on these things. And I I would challenge anyone, uh, you know, during this year, you know, and maybe in this week, if there's someone you haven't spoken to because of this, just call them. Do not speak about politics. Do not do anything else. Just call them and ask them how they are and and see where that starts taking you. That's a simple act of kindness. That's one moment of goodness. And, and just try that one moment this week. 
And uh, you might you might email us and say it had a profound effect. As I said, I'm reading books. There's one book in particular called Love Your Enemies that's written by Arthur Brooks. He's the, I don't know if he's current president of the American Enterprise Institute. I know he's stepping down. But in the book, he, he gives a couple of examples at the beginning. He talks about the, um, there was a Trump rally years ago, um, and a number of Black Lives Matter people came up on the rally. And when they appeared, one of the, the, the Trump rally leader invited the leader of the Black Lives Matter group to come up and speak for two minutes. And the guy came up and he starts talking about some of the things that, that you know, the dignity and the things that the group, the Black Lives Matter people wanted. And before you know it, the people in the Trump crowd are cheering. They're cheering them on. Or they're, they're, they're saying, yeah, it's the same stuff we want. And by the end of his you know, two-minute presentation, people from, from the Trump supporters are, are pulling the Black Lives Matter guy aside and say, I want you to meet my son and I want to do this and that. And this one little act of you know what we would call grace what matthew kelly would call holy moments there are a number of different this one simple act led to i think the video was viewed 50 some million times and and these sort of basic and i guess one of the first things we want to do is is just ignite people spark people to step out cross a boundary uh, daryl davis who came in who's who's been spent his whole last 40 years going to clan rallies and stuff he's a black man boogie woogie piano player and he's, he's just befriended these people, and they became so close that 40 people in the Klan have renounced their beliefs and, 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 and now you know, have gotten into the fold and become very close to Daryl. A simple act like this, crossing some sort of a boundary, going across the cafeteria, talking to someone different. We need to start doing that. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, uh, Brooks, um, well-known author in this book, Love Your Enemies, one of the things he talks about is, uh, you know, contempt becomes an addiction. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, we have to treat this as breaking an addiction, that we're addicted to this this tone that we that we've actually cycled our brains and our hearts into this um, vitriolic behavior, and we've got to break that addiction. And and one simple moment might not break that whole addiction, but you've got to at least be able to pull yourself out of this and start thinking about, hey, it's great to to sit there and rail against other people and follow the news and do all these things, but you know, wouldn't it be nice to just go, um, you know, bring a, bring a bowl of hot soup to an elderly neighbor down the street who's not expecting it, and you will walk away from that five-minute experience far more fulfilled than you will in spending two hours every day um, following the, the political events and uh, railing against other people that you don't even really know. Yeah, in particular, I love that, too. Uh, you know, the people that are forgotten down the street, you know, the, the least of these. But but in particular, people that are hostile against you. He gives an example in the book where he, he wrote a book and published it, and someone on social media just laid this bomb down on it. He did a review on the book and didn't like anything about the book. And, you know, Brooks says, you know, how he re- wanted to respond to that. And his blood got boiling, and he talked about the different ways he could respond, you know, ignore, insult, destroy. And instead is he chose what he calls a fourth option, which was gratitude. And he wrote the guy on social media and said, hey, I want to thank you for reading my book. Yeah. And then for taking the time to actually write this review, I, I may not agree this or that, but man, thank you so much for that. He said it just changed everything. And these two men have become friends, and they're coordinating getting together, and... Again, just one simple step in that direction, and we get to know people for who they are, that they're human beings just like we are. They're made in the image of God, and just and start tearing down these walls that separate us. And so I, I love examples like that. Well, I think it sets the thinking. I mean, before, you know, people would write letters to each other. E- even in emails, you know, you might send it, you know, start writing a heated email to someone, pull back, edit it. But in today, 
no way. We're, we're 180 characters or whatever, and off you go. And that, that is not going to help address this at all. You've, we've really got to help people step back and become thoughtful again. And, and I love this idea of just one moment. Maybe, maybe it's one moment a week to start, but just try to vector away from this in some way by doing some act of good. And this gets into um, something one of my favorite people, Bishop Robert Barron, who's a close buddy of Arthur Brooks, as it turns out, talks about how do you reach people? And sort of find common ground, but but also sort of I guess evangelize. And he says, you know, you can't start. He says, there's there's the beautiful, uh, the good, and the true, and you can't just start with the truth. And I think that's where we are a lot. And when we engage people today in societies, my political position, my religion, my this is right, and yours is wrong. And here's why. And that's never that's that's not going to do it. We really got to step back, and I love how Barron talks about the beautiful. In essence, that sort of thing that we can all, when we see it, realize that they're, in his case, a god, but in many cases that perhaps we're all Americans. And one of the things, Ed, and we've had a couple of these guys on the show that remind, strikes me, is is going to something like the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Mm-hmm. And when you go there, I don't care what political position you have you will feel like an American at that moment. And we've had guards on there on this show, and I've asked, has anyone ever disrespected the tomb? Has anyone ever made a political position there? Never. Because we, we, we become, in the presence of something far greater than ourselves, those who have sacrificed of, of you know, every color, every walk of life, who have given everything for us and the generations that will come and the generations before us, and we realize, we take a deep breath there at the tomb and we say, thank God to be in America. Yep. And we need that, from that holy moment, from that sort of beautiful thing, then you can start saying, okay, what, what is good? I want to say, what is good? There are lots of things that we can all agree as good. Taking the soup to the lady down the street is good. And that's, that's one way, you know, it's one way to engage other people, but it's one way to sort of self-engage in this process of what, I, what we'll call detoxing uh, from the current <laughs> environment. Then you can kind of get to the true. I think if you can get yourself in the position of good and doing good, you're going to be able to sit back and review the true. And, and, and it's not to say that you're not going to continue to hold on to your beliefs, but the way that you deal with yourself and the way that you deal with your other people, I think, will fundamentally change. You you mentioned the word gratitude in there, so I wanted to to, to note that. So he, here's let me humor me a few minutes and let me share what happened to me. So the, the year ended 2019. I actually sat down and went through all my notebooks. You know, I'm a big note taker and and tried to write down what I accomplished and and you know I wrote these two books and published them. That was a big deal. A lot of work involved in that. And I was sort of thinking, how am I going to move forward? And I was trying to think of single words that say, you know, what 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 do we focus on? And and one of those words was love. And and it, there was two things there. One is I want to I want to understand more and more and, and sense and experience God's love for me so that I can just trust in him and operate, you know, just rest in what I'm doing, not get all anxious about things. But the other thing was, I mean, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And, and the amazing thing is Jesus Christ talks about when, when someone said, hey, who's my neighbor? He, he mentioned a despised Samaritan. And the emphasis was de- despised, somewhat despised. And he also, another point, he says, anyone who wants to be my follower, if you've, you know, you've got to basically, he said, to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who hurt you. We're not doing that in, in, in the church, whether it's Catholics or evangelicals or whatever. We're, we're not really living that out. 
And I started thinking of the year, and I was sort of like, how can I take my experience with Diane, how, how I learned about the power of grace, how can I take what you and I have done here with Grace and 30, all these people we've interviewed and all, what is the hottest topic? And I just, I just for the past couple of months, I've been thinking about the election, and I can't get it out of my mind. And, and I want to quote something here. It's a Bible verse in Psalm that says, Have mercy on us, Lord, have mercy, for we have had our fill of contempt. I've had my fill of contempt. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of contempt. <laughs> I'm tired of turning on the TV. I'm tired of seeing it in every dimension of our government, on the media, everywhere else. I've really had my fill. And I look at the Pew data. They did a survey recently. It said 65% of Americans identify as Christians. And I'm thinking, well, where are we? In, in this culture of contempt, are we behaving as Jesus beha- commanded us? Are we, are we considering the despised Samaritan or the despised Republican or Democrat or whatever as our neighbor? And are we loving them no matter what? And clearly the answer is no. So what I did was I thought, well, Luke 6, 27, that's where that scripture is, love your enemies. And I figured, well, let's create something called the 627 Club. And, you know, it's, and I'm just saying to people, join the club. You know, believer, unbeliever, whoever you are, join us in loving your enemies. Because the power of this, as I say over and over, the experience I had with Diane over 10 years, the restoration of my marriage, when she died and breathed her last and I was living with her and she she had died from pancreatic cancer, we were husband and wife. And that, that grace, this unwavering, undeserved, unmerited expression of love to someone who kind of pounded me when she left me and all, our relationship just restored. And it only takes one person doesn't require two and it starts with us it starts with me whoever you are the listener it starts with you making that decision that's the key thing and so i also created a, a web page on twitter it's at 627 club where i'm just going to be posting things sal you and i would just post stuff on there and challenges you know the quotes from some of the guests that have been on the program you know different things just to kind of educate to share to encourage to spark and you know i'm just we're just sort of saying come join the club and you know one of the things i i I heard recently was a martin luther king quote that said you can only redeem a man if you love a man and i thought well that's what's what we're trying to do we're trying to spark people to truly love one another that's right and and, you know i a similar thought from uh from mother Teresa again this this little woman in calcutta sort of there in the slums doing her work and goes on to be you know uh, not only a saint in the church, but but also um, someone that everyone knows and affiliates with her mission, and, and says, you know, um, it's you know, love until it hurts, and it will hurt no more, you know, and there'll only be love, and that that's a that's a massive uh, journey for for people where we are today, um, but but that process and sort of unraveling that has got to start somewhere, yeah. and um, I, I love the idea of getting lots of people to share these organic. Um, simple little moments where they're where they're breaking this down, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be um, any specific area. It doesn't have to be any kind of talk track. Just just be yourself and try and experience one of these simple moments, and let us know about it because I, I think we want to fill this as a channel of goodness and a channel against um, so many of the TV and media channels that uh, right now are doing nothing more than ripping this country apart. And, you know, I, I go back to that, that uh, vision of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. We're far from that place in this country anymore. We are so far away from that um, with what we have today. And, and I hearken back really to the greatest generation, to those who came together in World War II, and it was 
such an enormous event that you had different races, different people of culture, different educations, all in the same foxhole. And coming out of that, this country was incredibly strong. Ethnic generations, people who had been discriminated with were sort of, hey, that guy, Esposito, he saved me in that, you know, we, we were Americans together. We've got to get back to that because, you know, one of the hot topics in this country right now is economics, right? And, and there's a lot of debate now about economic wealth, about our economic engine and prosperity, um, our competitiveness against societies that are not uh, free economies that are not uh, democracies, countries like China. Yeah, and the where, income disparity, big, big deal. Yeah, you know, the that's CIA right. tracks numbers like that to see how unstable a government is. Or, and we're way down the list now. We're in the 40s or the 50s or something. It's yeah, unbelievable. And, and we've, we've got to come back together in many ways. And the first thing we've got to do is turn off this vitriolic um, behavior that, that's going to be, it's been fueled through politics for the past few years. It's going to amp up to, I think, unprecedented and perhaps dangerous levels uh, for this country in the coming year. And we've got to, as, as a nation, have some counterbalance to that. And that's what we're talking about tonight, is building that nationwide counterbalance and offering that up in a genuine way where people are contributing. Hey, I did something good today. Here's what I did. I, I saw a neighbor, you know, someone, the lady who cleans my house, what an angel she is, what a great person she is, what a selfless act this is. We want that. And if it's this club that does that, that's great. If it's this club and everyone else using their social media to do it, we want to get this out to millions and millions of people every day. And I guarantee you, this will not just be a U.S. phenomenon. This will become a global phenomenon. And and anything you can share to promote, you know, just knowledge. I, I, one of the things I like about Arthur Brooks' book is it's filled with survey data, data science. There's a big move these days in data science to, to prove these things. Like a, a friend of mine named John, his wife is uh, Amanda Ripley. She's a pretty well-known author. And she just published an article in, in the Washington Post about, you know, basically entitled Americans are at each other's throats. And here's one way out. And, and she literally says at one point, it says, it turns out that as ridiculously naive as it may sound, Americans support for political violence goes down when they are exposed to messages calling for peace. And, and author has all these studies that support those sort of you know, assertions. And one, he, he cites data where if you just force yourself to smile and even act like you're happy, the, the effect, the measured effect it has on people. And I think, you know, we need to start, I've been studying, I watched this guy named Joseph Granny who talks about influence and there's, there's sort of, you know, motivation and, and then ability and it's on a personal, social and, and structural level. And I'm trying to figure out how can I, in all six ways, how can we all together do these things and affect people's behavior to try to improve, you know, just just promote love, grace, unity within this country. So anything you people can share with us, certainly gracein30.com is a place, on Twitter is a good place, uh, either at gracein30 or at 627club. But I wanted to mention... You know, the, the fascinating, it's, it's a book worth reading, certainly, Love Your Enemies, because there's a, it's supported by a lot of data in the book. Yeah, and it gets back to sort of, uh, you know, being the one time the president of the uh, American Enterprise Institute. It gets back to, I think, uh, if we can look beyond ourselves, even this country, it, it's getting into national competitiveness. I mean, there, national are, security. there are many people who think of democracy today when we look vis-a-vis -vis China and wonder... Are we being um, passed by a communist country? And why is that? 
And it's because we're breaking down at places where we need to be together. It's not that they're more innovative than we are. This country is incredibly innovative. We, we've, we invented the internet. Uh, we invented robotics. We invented GPS. We've invented all these things by collaborating together and working together and bringing the best minds together. But where we're breaking down now is in our implementation of these things. And we're fighting battles, political battles, and we're fighting with each other, and we're fighting across the aisle with our coworkers, and we're becoming distracted by this. And that's where other people are able to push through in ways that we would never do in this country, but in ways that in the past in this country, we would come together to do the moonshot. We're not doing that anymore. Yeah, Jesus said a kingdom divided is a kingdom that will fall. It can't stand if it's divided, if it's fighting with itself. Sal, you and I have done this program for coming up on four years. We've done like 190 some programs. You know the drill. We got about two and a half minutes to get off the air. What do you want to challenge people to do? And then I'm going to issue my own challenge. Well, I, again, I, I would say every plan needs um, a start and, and, it, and, it, and it needs a roadmap. Now, if you're not that organized like myself, you know, sometimes you're, you're just more impulsive. I would challenge you to contact that relative that you haven't spoken about. Even if it's or just a friend. A, yeah, or a friend. And, and if the relationship is terribly damaged because of, your political indifference is the way you behave to each other. Just, just maybe even an email. Do something. You're going to feel better. It's like that that letter you always wish you write to the well the relative, but don't. When you do it, you feel better. And and start doing that and realizing I I, I could do this for other people. Let this be contagious for you. Don't don't simply wait. Just just do something this week if you can in some way. Say hello to somebody. Just just put yourself in one positive moment where you're reaching out to someone, maybe you know them, you disagree with them, you don't know them, but just get your mindset in this area and, and stay with us. Keep in touch with Ed and I, you know, through the show, through, uh, through, the, through the club, and, um, you know, share your ideas with us. We, we want this to grow organically. We don't have all the answers, but everyone we're talking to in this town, in D.C., and around the country when we travel is shaking their heads saying, God, yes, we need this. So I just invite everybody to join the club. It's uh, on Twitter at 627club, S-I-X-27-C-L-U-B. And, and just follow that, and we'll be posting information. Please contact us. Reach out to us at Grayson30 on Twitter or at Grayson30.com on the web. And, and share with us stories about people bridging these political divides. Um, you know, if we, if we, I'd like to track certain people. I'd like to find a, a couple of people that are very different and just track them over the next 10 months and watch how a relationship blossoms. So let's, let's shine a light on how to behave and not how not to behave. Um, and we're welcoming all sorts of suggestions for how, you know, we can fulfill this love your enemies mission. So... Thank you all for joining us. Sal, this is fun. I really enjoyed this. It's a great mission. It's exciting. A, a recording of the program can be found at thegrayson30.com and wera.fm websites, as well as on iTunes and Stitcher. This is Ed and Sal signing off from Grayson 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Have a great night and be sure to tune into Grace. <laughs>